Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Today, and personally speaking, I'll be joined by the Emmy Award-winning writer and producer Tom Fontana. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and Tom Fontana joins me now. Tom is a well-known television writer and producer who's created shows such as HBO's Oz, Borgia, and The Philanthropist. He's also worked on shows including NBC's Homicide, Life on the Street, The Jury, and Saint Elsewhere. Tom has received 19 Emmy nominations throughout his career, winning three Emmy Awards, including Best Writing in a Drama Series for St. Elsewhere in both 1984 and 1986. Most recently, he served as showrunner for Showtime's crime drama City on a Hill. Tom was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and currently lives in New York City. He's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, and the values that matter most to him. Join me now. I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking writer and producer Tom Fontana. Tom, I'm going to go way back in your life, because uh, you and I are around the same age, to uh, the parents that raised you. And I'm always intrigued by, uh, you know, you hear all these horror stories about what parents do wrong, but I, I like to approach it from a different end. When you look back on your early life, what did your parents do right in raising you? Well, um, first of all, um, when, when I was born, we uh, lived above my grandmother's uh, bar, and my mother and my father both worked in the bar. And um, okay. we didn't have a lot of money. We, we, uh, we, we, would, we were poor. And my parents, you know, this was the early 50s, and my parents um, were determined for us to move up, up the economic scale. And so um, they were both Depression-era babies um, born, in the, born in the early 20s. And so what they taught me, one of the things they taught me was uh, to take responsibility. In other words, if you made a commitment, mm -hmm. you would fulfill that commitment despite how unpleasant it might end up being, despite you wanting to do something more enjoyable perhaps, um, that you that you once you made a commitment you had to you had to fulfill the commitment. The other thing I think they um, they taught me was uh, a sense of respect for family. Um, certainly, um, you know there were five children in the family. There still are five children in the family, um, and. Um, uh, there was a great sense of uh, support of each other. In other words, one of us, my, my next older brother, Charlie, was at 16, uh, went to Brown University. He was, he was considered a genius. He went to a school prior to that. He went to a school for gifted children. And I was an idiot. And um, my parents <laughs> never... No, truly, I was an idiot. And... Um, my parents never made me feel lesser 
about myself and they never made me feel uh, like I could not, um, that I would not achieve something that I was, that I was good at. I just had to find what was good, what I was good at. And, and then I would, uh, and then I would succeed in that. And that's the way they taught each of us. And all throughout, you know, whatever success I've had in, in television, they never treated me like I was better than any of my other siblings. Okay. So really quality of, of love on their part. Uh, we're talking with Tom Fontana. Tom, one of the things I, I hear usually is that when a kid wants to go into the arts, any aspect of the arts, parents don't mind that as an avocation, as a hobby, but the idea of doing it for a living is pretty scary because they want their kid to have stability a regular paycheck, some kind of thing they can count on. And yet you've always said that your family, specifically your parents, were incredibly supportive of your mm-hmm. life in the arts, going to New York and trying to be a playwright. Where do you yeah. think the confidence in them came from to trust you? Well, I think, number one, they um, it was very important to us. Since they both worked jobs, I mean, they, uh, you know, they, mm-hmm. they worked in jobs they didn't necessarily want to do. I think that they, um, one of their goals was that each of us would have the um, opportunity, the education, and then the opportunity to find uh, ourselves in, in the in our life's work. So, um, mm-hmm. uh I I I I remember when I said to my father that I wanted to move to New York and be a playwright. He said to me, "What's a playwright?" Which just should give you some idea of how <laughs> the learning curve on, on what I wanted to be doing. Uh, and he did say, "How are you going to make any money at that?" And you know, I I didn't really have a good answer because there was no good answer. Um, but um, uh, I think they thought, well, you know, he's. He's got uh, he's got spunk, and he'll he'll figure it out, and he'll go to New York, and he'll either find it or he'll come home. Um, I, I yeah. so they, trust, I, I they never, trusted in I, you. They trusted in me, and 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 that trust gave me great um, courage, uh, you know. Um, and they would regularly send me uh, money because I was not making any money to the point where I got so, I felt so bad about the money that I started lying to them and saying that I had, I was earning a living when I really wasn't earning a living. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, but, um, uh, they never found out about that particular lie. <laughs> well, listen, for those, for those lies that you told, consider them forgiven. Okay. I thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and for those who don't know Tom Fontana from his Buffalo days, uh, he attended Cathedral School and he attended Canisius High School. Um, Tom, you know, we, we people like us who grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s sometimes have these uh, bad experience stories of Catholic education. How about yourself? Cathedral School, Canisius High School, good experience, negative experience? How, how was it for you? Well, um, uh, I would say mostly a good experience. First of all, uh, my, at, okay. at Cathedral, we were taught by um, a mixture of uh, nuns and lay teachers, um, uh, all of them women, and um, 
and you know some some nuns were harder than other nuns but um i my sister uh became a sister of saint joseph so um i mm-hmm. um i i couldn't very well badmouth them uh because my sister was <laughs> one of them um and the Jesuits, I have to say, uh, the Jesuits, it was very hard, especially, as I said, because I was an idiot. Um, it was hard work, but it, it, um, it taught me discipline. Uh, the Jesuits taught me discipline, which has served me um, really well uh, throughout my, my writing career. Um, and, um, you know, and again, it, I, I don't, I'm not one of these... Um, one of these guys who like uh, blames everything on the Catholic Church or anything like that. In my mind, you know, the, the, my education was a mixture of brilliant people and um, some very, very tough people. Um, but they made me yeah. what I am, good or bad. I mean, good. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it 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 helped me understand the world and the people in the world that I'd be encountering once I got out of school. We are here talking to Tom Fontana, who's not only a writer and producer, but also someone who's a a product of Catholic education. Now, we had recently on a young actor, Kyle MacArthur, who starred on Broadway in something called Superhero Musical, and uh, but he had graduated not too long before from uh, Regis High School, the Jesuit High School uh, in Manhattan. Yes. And he said that what he loved about the experience of the Jesuits was that uh, they didn't force-feed him faith, but that they told him to think in such a way that he could come to faith uh, through his own gift of reason. Um, would that be similar to your experience of the Jesuits? I would say absolutely. I um, When I was in high school, it was uh, just post uh, Vatican II. And so the mm-hmm. mixture of priests we had, we had very, you know, uh, old traditional Jesuits, but the young, uh, the young priests that came, uh, to, to teach us were, uh, exactly that. We were, we were told to question and told to reason. And, um, because, God had given us minds, and we had to use them. But I also remember there was yeah. um, there was a sense of that our relationship with uh, Christ, in specifically, uh, was one one that was much more intimate than. I mean, when you grow up, when you go to grade school at the cathedral school, you you go to mass in this huge, huge, huge building. Uh, where God is really, really far away from you, but at at yeah. at Canisius High School uh, in that particular period of time, we were really we were really encouraged to have a, an intimate relationship with Christ, and um, and it it really woke up my faith in a way that I think it had sort of gotten just sort of habit um, up to that point. Tom Fontana is our guest. Tom, when I was uh, considering priesthood in high school, college, um, some of my dearest friends who I love, but they would tell me, you know, don't do this. It's a waste of a life. You can do other things. Um, and I'm, I'm mentioning that in the context of you have three brothers and one sister. The sister you mentioned, Charlene, who became a sister. Um, 
Were you guys all on board in terms of saying, Charlene, if this is what you want to do with your life, we support you? Or was there, uh, for Charlene, some of what I got, which was, you know, don't do this, you can, you can do better? Well, I'll say this. First of all, Charlene was, uh, and still is, the oldest of the siblings. So um, for me, I didn't have an opinion about what, um, what she should do. I was just glad she was leaving the house because I was going to get her bedroom. So um, it was, I was happy, but for a totally self-serving reason. I will say this. My mother right, right. had the most... My mother had the most difficult time with it because it was her only daughter. And, um, and she, she struggled with it, but she came, she came to really appreciate what my sister was committing herself to. But it was, that was a tough, that was a tough journey for my mom. Uh, my dad was better. My dad was, my dad was like, again, he wanted us all just to be, happy in our lives and, and feeling good about the work we were doing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Some of those friends who were most critical of that choice back then for me have as uh, challenges in their life came up, needed a priest or needed some spiritual connection and are happy ultimately that I went into priesthood. But back then it was like, oh. uh, you know, why waste your life with the church? And uh, they've certainly changed their point of view. Um, Tom, you, you've okay. had... Uh, you know, great success in life and many mountaintop experiences of happiness and joy, but um, you've also had, you know, walking in the valleys of life. I'm just wondering how, as a believer, how in the world, both as caretaker, caregiver, and also now as, as a widower, how do you put in perspective loving a woman, loving your wife, and losing her? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Um, um my wife, Sagan, um, had breast cancer for seven years, and um, okay. her uh, strength and her humor um, through all of it, all of the suffering she went through, really um, was extraordinary and a real life lesson for me. I... I, I I say that not only did she teach me how to live, she taught me how to die because um, not that she didn't struggle, not that she didn't go through all the stages and, and, and rage against the dying of the light. But when the moment came, she was as clear headed about what needed to be done once she was gone. Um, that it was it was truly inspiring for me, and I will say the last two years of her life, all of the sort of if you you know all the crap that happens in a relationship between a man and a woman, uh, sort of disappears because there's something much more important uh, going on, and um, and and we just we truly laugh the last two years of her life. We just laughed. Uh, laughed at, I mean, isn't that just, great? It, it just, life became a celebration. And people said to me when she was gone, well, aren't you angry, you know, at God? And I was like, I was like, no, actually, I was given this incredible gift. Um, and I, and I'm so happy that I had those years with her that I can't, I mean, obviously, I'm 
pissed off. I would rather have her here, and I don't understand why God sure. would take her as opposed to some politician whose name I won't say. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, 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 I, I, but um, I do, I do, I am grateful for the time we had together and the, and the, and the sort of like purity of the love we had. And I will say, uh, Sagan was not, um, she was not uh, religious in a, in an organized religious kind of way, but she was incredibly spiritual. And, um, Mm -hmm. um, and that also, because she could understand what was go- what was happening and what was going to happen to her and what she wanted us to feel our son and I to feel once she was gone i mean that was an enormous gift we're here with tom fontana tom you know uh what people might not know about you and sagan was that uh in an unusual situation they were married they had good years together they went their separate ways, and then amazingly got back together. I'm always stunned when that happens because it seems to me the power of reconciliation or the ability to be humble enough to say, I still need this person in my life and want them in my life. Um, Who made the first move to to make sure you guys got back together? Well, I I would say I would, but it it isn't really that that, uh, clearly defined in the sense of that we, first of all, I don't think either of us ever stopped loving each other. Um, we just needed to right. be more fully ourselves before we could really share in the marriage again. Um, but um, um, what would happen is we'd end up spending holidays together or, you know, um, there, which there was just a lot of time spent together. And I remember that she and Jade were here uh, for Christmas uh, one year, and when they left, I was like, "Why are they leaving?" And and so then I then I <laughs> then I then I then I was like, "Well, Tom, I mean, you've lived alone now for a very long time. Could you really have someone back in your life on a full time basis?" Yeah. And um, and then I decided, "Well, how stupid could I be?" So I, I love this woman, and I want her in my life all the time. And, um, and so I actually, um, I actually, I asked her to marry me and she was stunned and said, okay, let's do it. And it was, uh, great. (laughs) That is so great. And, and, uh, good for you for, for realizing that and making it happen. Um, you know, Tom, a lot of people listening to a show like this, especially parents around the country probably have. Uh, kids who are struggling and maybe not the best students and they're not accomplished in the ways that parents would hope. You said very openly and honestly, as you said earlier, even in this show, that you were not the best student and that you were, in fact, a terrible student. You called yourself yeah. and a slow reader. And then you go on yeah. to make this great career in, in, in writing and producing. Wh- where did the confidence come from to say, I, I may have been told that I'm not the world's greatest student, but I'm going to accomplish my goals. I'm not giving up. Uh, the confidence to keep on keeping on. For a guy who's been knocked down as a student, how does he find the confidence to go forward? Well, I, I will say uh, I think a, a lot of it did, uh, does have to do with my parents because they never gave up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and that was really important. And um, I think, I, you know, funny, funny, 
in a funny kind of way, I was I was too stupid to know I should be less confident. In other words, <laughs> in other words, in other words, I just sort of I I in when I was I, I still do this too. I I I have this image of like of standing on a diving board and looking down into uh, the pool, and the pool is empty, and I dive anyway, and and I always hit water when I get there. So I guess I guess it is a matter of uh, faith. You know, it's a matter of of believing that um, you are here for a purpose. And you, you, you need to find it. Um, I still can't add two and two to save my life. And I have to do a lot. Of, I mean, I deal with budgets constantly. But what I also learned is, is if you hire people that are smarter than you um, and let them do what they do best, then you look really good to everybody else. Tom, you and I happen to be uh, contemporaries, born around the same time in the early 50s. i got to ask you, how well or how poorly are you handling the uh, challenge of aging? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Um, <laughs> I will say this. Uh, um, uh, every time I go to a doctor and they say, oh, now you have this wrong with you. I mean, I have high blood pressure. <laughs> I have a bad knee. I had surgery on my knee. I think, and then I go to the doctor to get a uh, colonoscopy, which you're supposed to do, and which I do. And he says to me, "Oh, you're everything's fine. Everything's fine except you have celiac disease." And I go, "Oh, did I did I come in here asking about celiac disease? Why are you bringing this up?" And he said, "Well, the test." You know, and I was like, I was like, that's uh -huh. all I need now is celiac disease. On top of all, everything else, I've got allergies. I, I don't need celiac disease. So I basically have just sort of <laughs> gone with it. I don't know. I mean, I have been so blessed in my life. And given how really kind of poorly I've taken care of myself <laughs> um, over mm -hmm. the years, I think, you know, it's, it's only fair that my body is running down. The funniest thing for me, though, is um, um, I, I went to have my hearing checked, and uh, the doctor said to me, you have the hearing of a 14-year-old. Now, I'm, I'm 68 wow. years old. I have the hearing of a 14-year-old. There isn't anything else in my body that works. <laughs> but I have the hearing of a fourteen-year-old. Why God would say, you know what? Uh, I'll let him keep. I'll let him keep the hearing. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a dialogue. Get one thing out of this I'm, deal. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm a writer and I'm supposed to write dialogue, and I eavesdrop a lot on people's <laughs> conversations. So maybe that's why I have still have my hearing. Uh, I think I, I hope you keep your hearing. I'm very jealous because I don't have the 14-year-old hearing. But Tom Fontana is our guest. We're talking to him about many, many things. Tom, you know, we had uh, this is the two versions. There's another version that's TV for this. And one of our guests years ago had been uh, from Meet the Press, Tim Russett. And I said to him, you know, uh, your reputation, Tim, is that you have this down-to-earth, solid, normal, unpretentious way. And he said, well, that's because I'm from Buffalo. Is that true? Are, they, are people from Buffalo different? 
Um, I don't know if they're uh, people from Buffalo. First, first of all, I mean, Tim and I went to high school together. He was a year ahead of me at Canisius. I thought he went to Canisius, right? Yeah, and um, and but I will say this: there is a. I can't say that Buffalo is unique on the on the planet for this, but there is a sense of um, just basic, honest values, of just like. That not that no pretensions. Um, uh, right. You know, it's called the city of good neighbors. You you take care of each other. Um, uh, uh, it isn't. It is. I don't know anybody from from Buffalo who's gone on in the world, whether it's Diane English or Tony Yurkovich or other other people in television. Everybody sort of got that that one like that one element of like. We, uh, we're just basic people. There's no, there's nothing fancy about us. Down to earth, normal, non-pretentious. Final question for Tom Fontana. Tom, I, I don't think any of us have an answer to what I'm going to ask you, but I'll ask anyway. Have you been able to make any sense of what we're supposed to learn from or experience from this incredible, uh, once in our lifetime, I hope, pandemic? Mm. Mm. Well, no. I mean, I, I mean, my only sense is that uh, Mother Nature has taken us over her knee and is paddling our behinds. Uh, we have we have mistreated this planet, this incredible planet of ours. Um, we've mistreated the animals. We've mistreated the flora and the fauna, and and, and I think nature is saying, yeah. you know what? snap to it here look look at the world look what you've done to the world and how how can you make it better i'm not saying we will have learned the lesson but i i i think that and to me that's the lesson i'm learning is that is that we need to be better caretakers of this earth uh that god has given us um and and given us in that's just so extraordinary um uh, yeah, we have to just take care, better care of, yeah. uh, of the earth. I, I want to thank Tom Fontana for being with us, and I think he's right on target. I, I hope, as you made that important distinction, it's not just something we we have learned, but something we embrace and actually change the ways of the world, because uh, it would be a shame for, be a tragedy for this horrible thing to have happened, and we learn nothing from it. But, uh, Tom, I thank you for your writing, your producing, your uh, very great insights into the human condition, your, your honesty and that buffalo humility that you put forth, uh, identifying yourself clearly as a terrible student but a, a great learner in time. And uh, I thank you so much for being a guest on our show, and uh, we're going to do this again because you have much more to say. Tom Fontana, thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you'd like to listen to this show or other shows, you can go to our Personally Speaking podcast. They have other recent shows as well. You can go to that on YouTube by searching for Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. You can also listen to past episodes by going on to www.CloseEncounterTV.com. All one word, CloseEncounterTV.com and clicking on the radio button at the top of the page. Additionally, you can also get our episodes by going to ollmp.org. That's the parish website where I'm pastoring. You'll get not just the shows, but 
but also uh, Monsignor Jim's weekly homilies. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Our engineer is Chris Wallach. And our audio facility is Dream Recording Studios in Belmore, Long Island, New York. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.